Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hey, welcome to this episode of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. Uh, I'm Rebecca Taylor, your host, and today I was joined by Lee Huffman. Um, He's a fellow podcaster, actually. He's also the man behind baldthoughts.com and wetravelthere.com. Lee is actually ex- corporate finance world and uh, looking for a bit of a better work-life balance, um, decided to follow his passion of travel. But not only travel, he also focuses a lot on um, using your points to travel and uh, traveling smarter and spending less money so that you can do more of it. So I really love that um, approach, especially with people being grounded and, and, you know, life is a little bit uncertain these days. So I think any tips we can have to get out and get traveling more in the future is uh, much appreciated right now. So if you don't already follow him on social media or subscribe to his podcast, I encourage you to do so. Uh, We Travel There is the handle everywhere and for the podcast as well. And yeah, it was just a great time chatting to Lee about some of his own experiences traveling. And obviously we touch on COVID-19 and how it's affecting the travel landscape and and what we can look forward to in the future. So uh, have your pen and paper ready for some of his tips and also, of course, that growing bucket list that we all have. So enjoy this episode. Here's Lee. Okay, so today we're here with Lee Huffman. Uh, He's the man behind baldthoughts.com, wetravelthere.com. He also hosts a podcast. Uh, but I was hoping, Lee, you could give us a little bit of background on yourself because you actually come from corporate finance and now you're kind of full into the world of travel um, and exploration. So it'd be great if you can share with our listeners how you kind of made that change and and now have a totally different life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So first off, it's it's great to be here. And yeah, my <laughs> my background and, and where I was and where I am and everything like that, it's it's such an odd story because most people that are like finance oriented or you know banking and everything, like I used to be in my corporate world, they're not generally good on the writing side, right? right. Uh, and so it's a it's a weird transition. And um, so in, in the past, I used to work in corporate finance for a bank in LA. Uh, I worked there for about 13 years. Now, previous to that, I was in in investments and uh, on the sales side of banking. Did some bankruptcy consulting, so a lot of numbers-oriented work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, about eight years ago, uh, I started my blog uh, called Bald Thoughts, and so it was really a thing to show people how I can use airline miles and hotel points to travel the world for free. So before my wife and I got married, we would travel probably two or three weekends a month. Um, wow, it's a lot easier when you don't have kids. Yeah, and know? without COVID, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, we traveled so much and. Truth be told, I was making good money at the bank, and so uh, people just assumed that I was, you know, spending all the money, you know, paying mm-hmm. for trips. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> obviously, you don't know me. I'm very frugal. <laughs> I'm not going to spend all this money you know, on those trips. Uh, obviously, I, I love to travel, but uh, the way I do it is through airline miles and hotel points. And so I, I started writing the blog to basically be able to show people, here's how I do it, and here's how you can do it as well. And so that was really um, how I started with the, with the blogging. And it was also one of those things where I was so focused on numbers all day, every day was Excel and a little bit of PowerPoint. Uh, and that was all day, every day at my, at my old job. And so it was a way for me to use a different part of my brain, mm-hmm. a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a release as far as, you know, a little bit of creativity because you don't want your bankers being creative, right? But right. it's okay to be creative <laughs> when you're day to day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was a way for that creative release and, uh, Basically, it was just more like a hobby. It's something fun to do on the side. Uh, over time, uh, 
basically got to the point where it was made clear to me that I was no longer welcome at my old job. And uh, so I was trying to figure out what to do next, right? Uh, at the time, my kids were three and seven. And we, we'd always talked about living someplace else. And that was one of the things we always did when we traveled is try to see, okay, is this a place we could ever mm -hmm. see ourselves living in case we had a job opportunity or something else came up? Is that something we can do? And um, again, we, we always talked about where could we live? And this was one of those times where it was an opportunity. Uh, and I said, you know what? I can find another corporate finance job in LA or in Orange County because we live in Southern California. I can do that. But when I do that, I'm going to have to put in a lot of hours, right? Because when you're at a senior level in the corporation, you have to put in a lot of hours normally, mm -hmm. plus commute and plus starting a new job. You have to learn all the people and the systems and the processes and everything like that. So it take a lot of time and effort. And I didn't want to be one of those guys that my kids are 15 years old and off to college and everything else. And I barely spent a lot of time with them because yeah. I was working so much. And so I said, you know what? We've gone on a path of paying off a lot of our debt. Uh, we have our finances under control. If we move to someplace that's lower cost living, I think I can survive uh, and handle all the bills and everything like that by just making, you know, a thousand or two thousand a month. And I mean, if I had to, I would just drive Uber, you know, or something. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, something that uh, just a little bit of side hustles here and there. But I really wanted to have that opportunity to be able to spend time with the kids and moving um, from high cost Southern California to a lower cost area like Nashville was a perfect opportunity um, by like the house that we bought here is like half the price of the what we have, what we sold right. in California. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my, my wife is still making you know, decent money and. I was able to make uh, a little bit by by starting into the freelance world, and and um, we ultimately made it made it happen. You know, it was it was a huge transition. It was it was tough to leave that corporate world and and the nice <laughs> paycheck and everything like that. Yeah. But it was also really fantastic just being able to be here with my kids, especially right now. Like we're recording this during COVID, and you know our kids are doing virtual school and everything like that. And if both of us were working full time jobs we'd either one have to make that difficult decision of do we send our kids to school because we, we don't really have an option mm -hmm. or you know, how are we going to juggle this with both of us working full-time jobs and trying to help them with their school? Because our nine-year-old, he's totally fine. He's really intelligent. Uh, and so he pretty much does everything himself. But our five-year-old, she's really smart as well, but she doesn't know how to read yet and doesn't know how to click through all the different uh, navigations of the of the school menu on the, on the computer. Oh yeah. It's a whole new skill set that yeah, so five year olds wouldn't be learning normally. <laughs> yeah. And so I have to be there with her, uh, throughout the day. Mm -hmm. If we had a normal jobs, there was no way that both of us would be able to do that. And yeah. so by us moving here, I told my wife, look, you can focus on your career, move forward, you know, make lots of money, do awesome. Yeah. We're here to support you. I will basically be front and center with the kids, taking the school, doctor's appointments, sports, everything like that. Uh, and then in between all those things, then I will continue writing my blog, launch my podcast, do some freelance writing, and then also do some other projects. And so that's basically what we've been doing for the last two and a half years. And yeah. so it's been a, it's been an odd transformation for the first probably year or more. It felt like I was on vacation. I'm like, Oh, I got to go back to work and yeah, and everything like that. Like, to lose that, that. that. It's like a <laughs> nagging feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Overall, uh, you know, I, I've been making the transition. I've been uh, trying to get healthier and get rid of that stress that I had at the old job and 
and you know, stress of commuting three hours round trip every day. Ooh, yeah. And those types of things. And obviously, and then also California has a lot more smog. They have great weather, but they have a lot of smog. And then being here in Nashville, uh, it gets a little chilly. You got a little yeah. uh, humidity in the in the summertime. Right. Those types of things. But lots of lots of hiking places, a lot of fresh air. And I mean, I still marvel being, even after being here for two and a half years. Whenever I see a deer by the side of the road, I'm like, oh, my God, there's a deer. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, uh, You're still uh, learning it almost, you know? Yeah, it's the, nice. the city boy inside me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> still yeah. marvels at all, all the nature. People that have been here for a decade, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even Road hazard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a Canadian, it's like terrifies me if I drive in the dark at night because you're always going to see a deer in the ditch, like oh, its sure. eyes, you know? And then it's just... Yeah, I lived in the city for 10 years in London, and I remember my first time driving back here at night, like the same thing, like, oh, my God, a deer, and then remembering, okay, okay, <laughs> it's okay, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite funny how that transition, we switch in our brain. So it sounds like you were looking for a little bit of better work-life balance, too, in, in that sense, and I think we were speaking before about like weaving your love of travel, which you obviously had even at your finance gig, and some of your other skills, which is, you're so right, like I tell a lot of people... I come from a, a journalism background and like numbers are not my bag. So it's funny that you say, you know, they're two different things, right? Most people who work with numbers usually aren't going to be creative in the writing sense, maybe. Um, but for you, you've yeah. kind of parlayed it both. So, and I think you explained it as that you loved winning, quote unquote, at the game of travel rewards. So yes. that's still something you write about. Obviously, you're very passionate about, but have you found that like evolve a little bit? Because now, you've got this brand that people maybe want to align with, or is it still very much your focus of, okay, I'm writing about this and I'm practicing what I preach here. And, and this is how I still travel. Yeah. I think that they, they go hand in hand, right? It's showing people how to do it. And if I wasn't traveling, if I wasn't earning the miles and points and redeeming them for all the travel and everything like that, you would lose a little bit of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Cause you're not, you're not following in the footsteps so that you're, that you're putting out there for everybody else. And so, by me doing a lot of travel, um, one, I, I get to spend more time with my family, which is my ultimate uh, number one priority. But beyond that, it's, it's showing other people, you know, there's like in the, in the world I'm in with miles and points, there are people that know way more than I am. They're like savants at this mm -hmm. stuff and they have everything memorized. I take more of the approach of the Einstein thing. If, if I can easily look it up, I don't memorize it. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Google's great you know? for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but my main thing is that I'm not like the audience of mine is not the the super advanced people. That's not really who I cater to because they can do just fine on their own. Mm -hmm. right? The ones that I'm really focused on are the people that are just average families and average you know, single people that, you know, they have their normal and they have their two or three weeks vacation and everything like that. And, you know, they're, they're hopefully they're doing better than struggling. You know, hopefully they're doing better than living paycheck to paycheck. But, we still have a finite amount of money. Right. Right. And so maybe they don't go on a vacation this year or maybe they have to do a staycation because they can't afford to travel to Orlando or the Caribbean or wherever they want to be able to go. And I look at it it's through the power of miles and points. I can teach them to say, look, by doing these couple little things here and there, you can earn enough miles where you can go on vacation every year and you can create those memories for you and your family or you and your friends and just have a great time without going into debt and without creating the cycle of, of debt and poverty and everything else. And mm -hmm. so I have, a, I have a, a tagline that says travel more, spend less and live better. The way I look at it is that if I can teach you how to manage your credit properly, 
you're going to get a good credit score. And with that, uh, you're going to be able to get approved for the best credit cards. And by getting approved for the best credit cards, you're going to get the best rewards. And now with those best rewards, you're able to pay for your travel and save some money, which helps you either save for your future, pay off your debt, you know, or just kind of build a, like a little bit of a slush fund. So that way, when you do go travel, you can take advantage of like unique situations or unique experiences that normally you're like, ah, I don't know, that's like $300. I don't know if I really want to do that because that's a lot of money. But by having the rewards to pay for your travel, paid for your flight and your hotel and everything else, now you, now you have that money sitting on the side. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, you know what? This is my only time I'm going to be in Sydney, Australia. I'm going to pay the, the 150 bucks or whatever it was to climb the Sydney Harbor Bridge because what an awesome story that's going to be. I can tell all my friends and family and I can take the pictures. I can I can splurge for that extra 75 bucks or whatever for the for the CD of the pictures and have like all those photos of the memories. Like I want people to be able to do that and not have to worry about, oh, well, like, I've already spent a lot of money getting here. Yeah. I don't know if I really want to spend the extra money to do that. Um, or for people that are like, you know, like a foodies, you know, right? They're like, well, there's this really great restaurant that's here. I don't know if I want to spend the money for that. Like my buddy David and I, uh, we flew to, uh, we flew to Germany, picked up a Mercedes because he used to work for Mercedes. Okay. And we drove all throughout Europe, right? Cool. And we went, uh, we had to drop off the Mercedes in Paris uh, for it to get on the ship and, and, and go back to America. While we were there, we went to this uh, place called Le Tour d'Argent. And it's this, uh, I think, a three-star rated Michelin uh, restaurant overlooking the Seine River, uh, the Church of Notre Dame. And he had like a nine-course uh, meal wow. of, of like duck. Okay. And it's just so extravagant, everything like that. And if we hadn't used miles and points to be able to fly there and pay for all the hotels and everything like that, there's no way he would have spent, I think he probably spent like $400 uh, for our meals. Okay. Um, wow. And in a normal circumstance, you're not going to drop $400 on, on a meal. Right. Yeah. Like you say, after you've saved up maybe to go somewhere or, you know, get to the location that you're going. And then most people are probably like that, maybe a little bit more frugal when they're actually on the ground, which does kind of stink because you've spent all that money to get there to see this stuff and then you can't really experience it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like one of those things where if I don't do it now, how much is it going to cost me if I have to come back yeah. to be able to do it? Yeah, good point. And with all of these amazing you know, travel experiences that you had, how have you been finding this sheltering at home with COVID? Like we're recording this mid-November, so we've all been here since March. How have you found it? Well, it is, fr- it is frustrating. <laughs> it's like you slam on the brakes, right? Because yeah, I used to travel completely. probably one or two times a month, even even now, uh, well, before COVID anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was like literally slammed on the brakes because um, in January, before everything happened, uh, I took my daughter. We went to, um, we flew to Boston, drove up to Vermont, and I went skiing for a few days up, up at Stratton Mountain. And then we came back to Boston and flew to Toronto, skied for a few more days at Blue Mountain. Nice. And then came back. And then later in the month, I took my son and my daughter. We flew to Montreal and uh, snowboarded and skied over at Mont Tremblant. And so doing all these like amazing things. And all of a sudden, oh, you can no longer leave your house. You can no right. longer travel. Even today, right, as a, with using an American passport, there's a lot of countries because COVID is so rampant right now mm-hmm. here. A lot of countries won't even allow American tourists to, to come there. Yeah. And so it is, it has been quite tough, you know, um, especially for me because my job is I'm just sitting in my office, in my house, 
I don't really interact with a lot of adults other than occasionally, you know, podcast interviews. So getting out, that's my, you know, my interactions with adults other than my wife. And so, um, I love my kids and everything like that, but all I do is talk to them all day long <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I need to get out. I need to get out and about, you know, so what we're doing now, obviously we're not flying and, and doing a lot of things. Uh, what we do now is, uh, we're trying to do a lot more like local ex- experiences and attractions cause we're new here, right? We've yeah. only been here two and a half years and there's a lot we haven't seen, whether it's within Nashville or within a short drive. And so until we feel more comfortable with flying, that's really what we're going to focus on. And just, there's so much to see in our backyard, whether like you're like us, or we've only been here for a couple of years or you've lived there your entire life. There's so much that, that I, uh, I've, I've lived in Anaheim and Orange County and stuff like that uh, in California all my life. There's still a lot of things that I never saw there. Like just down the street from where we live, there was the Richard Nixon library, for example. And even though it was literally so and be a little bit safer about it and be, able to do the social distancing and everything like that, I encourage people to like get out and explore their local community. And maybe, maybe you're spending a little bit by, you know, going of our economy, uh, ensuring that they don't go hopefully mm-hmm. in 2021. And if we don't support each other, you know, when we're actually ready to travel again. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I've definitely seen that a lot. And, and like you, you know, I've, I've worked from home for years, so I get a lot from the people I speak to and interview. And I, I think we've been pretty lucky up in Canada with it. And I think similarly to you, what you're saying is we saw that with a lot of people that, you know, I remember if you used to host someone, say they came to visit you in California and they want to go somewhere and you're like, I've never been there myself. You know, it's been great for actually exploring what's on your doorstep yeah. instead of always having to go somewhere else. And I think that's just kind of in our nature for most people. Um, so it's been really interesting, I think, to see that huge pull now. I know around us, there's this huge like shop and all these trends of people really embracing where they're from. And I, I hope that really sticks around too. Yeah. And yeah, uh, <laughs> before we start recording, we were actually talking about, you know, the daydreaming we've been doing. And uh, while people are looking for a lot more um, ideas for when they can travel again, do you have, uh, I think you've got a few favorites uh, to pick from, but do you have a few corners of the globe that you'd like to share that when people can travel again, they should put to their bucket list? Uh, So many. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Like, well, one thing in America, and one thing in America that sometimes frustrates me is that Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have passports, you know, uh, so one, I would encourage people while you're sitting around waiting anyways, you know, submit your passport application. So that way, when we are able to travel, it can process and go, idea, go through yeah. all the channels and mm-hmm. that way it's ready for you, uh, ready to go. Um, generally your passport is good for 10 years. Um, I think it's 10 years. Um, and then, so it's ready to go and then you can go and explore. Uh, and maybe you don't feel comfortable. You're here in North America. Maybe you don't want to travel all the way to Asia or Europe or, or whatever. You know, just kind of dip your toes. You know, visit Canada, visit mm-hmm. Mexico, visit the Caribbean, you know, visit Central America. Like things that are only maybe a two, three, four hour flight away. That's not going all the way across the ocean. And and by going out and and getting that first experience, that first international experience, will help you uh, make it easier to to do it the next time around. You know, and if that's not something that you're ready and comfortable to do yet. There are some great experiences. One, I mean, America is like several different countries mm-hmm. all under the same border, right? And so you can have 
a lot of unique experiences just traveling within the United States. I, obviously, I would encourage you to, to broaden your horizons eventually, and there's a lot of great things to see in the U.S., but I would hate to see that people don't ever leave yeah. our borders, you know? But uh, there are things you can do. Or uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, you can go to St. Thomas, uh, Puerto Rico. Those are things that are, aren't normally on menu for a lot of Americans because right. they don't know that you don't need a passport to go there. But you can get a little bit of that exotic experience that's not just, okay, well, hey, I'm going to go to Orlando or, hey, I'm going to go to New York City or whatever. Something that kind of mm -hmm. takes you out of your comfort zone a little bit. It feels a little bit like an international experience, right. but it doesn't yeah. require a It gets you out of the usual kind of hotspots and a new experience, yeah. Yeah. And so for me, like when I lived in, on the West Coast, I would go down to Cabo probably like once or twice a year because, again, it's like a three or four hour flight, not that far. Um, now that we're here in uh, Nashville, now we're trying to explore more of the Caribbean islands because, again, those are uh, mm -hmm. just little you know, hops away. Um, but one thing I've been wanting to do for a while, it just haven't gone around to doing it. I really want to go to Greece and just see, you know, Athens and all the, um, and all the ruins and, and all the, just see that, that history, that living history that's there. To me, that seems like a really amazing place to go. Plus obviously there's really beautiful things like Santorini and all the different Greek isles and everything like that. So I think you can have a, a great experience there. That's that combination of while I'm at the beach, I'm having a great time seeing beautiful scenery, but also learning some, uh, you know, where you're exploring some of those historic, mm -hmm. uh, and what's great about places buildings. like that is you can literally spend a lifetime going there and never see the same place. Uh, which I think some people kind of get into that habit of, you know, I, Oh, I've already been to that country. I don't want to go back, but you'd be seeing something totally different. Like I've been to a few different islands and they're so unique. Like they're actually not very similar at all, whether it's the people, the food, you know, the, the architecture, whatever it may be, there's certain things that unite them, but at the same time, they're their own kind of places, which is really interesting once you start really getting to know a place. So for you personally, where you're traveling so much and, and now you're grounded and if you're like me, your bucket list is growing by the day. <laughs> Do you have like when you're able to fly <laughs> yeah. more frequently or more comfortably, like what's big on your list? What's your big destination? Well, like I said, uh, you know, Greece is definitely one of the, one of the top ones. Um, I want to be able to take my wife someplace really nice because like, she works so hard. Uh, I really like to take her and spoil her with like a business class or first class flight someplace about once a year. So nice. pretty much wherever she yeah, wants okay. to go because you know, she's the boss. Well done, yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, right? <laughs> but, uh, but in between that, like I like to take my kids and explore a lot because, again, my wife is working full time, very busy job and everything like that. And me as a freelancer, mm -hmm. I can work from wherever, right? And so uh, like last year, I took my son to the Lego factory uh, in Legoland nice. in Billund, Denmark. Uh, we went there for fall break. Uh, and then uh, about a month before that, Took my daughter to um, where we go. We went to Brussels in Belgium and just had a, amazing times. And it's one of those things where this is one of the things I always like to do is encourage parents to travel solo with their kids. Uh, sometimes one on one, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes just bring all the kids, right? Because having those one on one experiences just kind of helps create that bond yeah. a little bit stronger, right? Uh, and then it's that one on one time where like, I know, at least in my family, yeah. Mama is number one. You know, right. I'm like the guy that carries yeah. the bags and pays for things. But whenever they want comfort and everything like that, it's they're hugging up on yeah. mama, they're falling asleep on her and everything else like that. And I want those feelings too, right? It's like 
sometimes I see her and I get jealous, right? I, I see the kids all snuggled up with her and I'm like, I, yeah. want, I want them to snuggle with me too. And so when I travel with them individually, I'm able to do right. that. I, I'm able to get all the snuggles, you know, and everything like that. And plus, I, I know that at some point, whether they're teenagers or college or whatever age it is, they're not gonna they're not gonna want to travel with me anymore. They're not gonna want to travel with parents. Like no matter what place you go yeah. in the world, they're like nah. I like to think it comes back though. I feel like you know? yeah, you're right. Like late teens, early twenties, and then I'm cool to travel with my parents again in my thirties. You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I want to, that's one of the things that because I left the corporate world and I have all this free time, I'm able to soak up as much of that time as possible. So I want to explore the world with them, show them so many different cultures, uh, you know, so many different experiences and foods and everything like that. I think that will mm-hmm. make them better, better humans. And I think that's one of the jobs that you have as a parent is making your kids the best humans you can. And to me, traveling is a way to help that make that happen. Um, because again, they can see. Obviously, when you travel, you see people that mm-hmm. aren't exactly like you, right? They have differences. And and there are some similarities, but there's also also some differences. And I think seeing that and, and getting exposed to those cultures and, and exposed to those people and making friends and everything like that helps them understand that it's okay to be different. And it's okay to not have the same beliefs or the, the same customs and everything like that. And maybe learn from them. And maybe you're going to take back some of those customs or some of those things. Or, or maybe you're going to try it and say, you know what? I don't like this food or I don't like the way you did that. And that's totally fine. But it helps you find out who you really are. By yeah, it's fantastic. They're going to grow up with that same kind of bug, you know, to explore and learn as much culture and differences and whatever it might be, you know, as they can. So I think they're really going to look back on that and be thankful that you did. So you must, um, on your blogs and things, you must also share a lot of tips with traveling with kids or is it mostly about like the rewards and stuff like that? Cause you must have a lot of tips on, you know, traveling smoothly with children. And like you're saying, it's not like you're just taking them, you know, one state over, you're taking them overseas and to Europe and things like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I do have some tips on there. Um, like any entrepreneur, I think there's always like yeah. a, a huge long list in of your tabs videos. that are open. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I have yeah. like 500 tabs open right now on my browser, but, and so it's one of those things that, um, I do have some tips in there. A lot mm-hmm. of times I'm just intermixing them uh, in, into the articles that I'm writing and everything else. But, um, I think the number one thing is that parents don't realize how resilient their kids are, right? Like a lot of my friends, when I, when we talk to them, like, Oh, you know, are you, you should travel. Like, look what we're doing and where, where we go. And like, well, they're too young right now. You know, I don't know how they, they're going to do like, well, if you do, th- if you travel with them, that is their normal. Like whatever you teach your kids normal mm-hmm. to be, that is their normal. And so for us, we teach our kids that traveling is like a way of life. And so they are totally cool with traveling and they are like perfect kids when they travel. I mean, obviously occasionally you got yeah. some like meltdowns because they're kids, Roll with it. you know, but it's funny. Sometimes, you know, people walk by us on the plane. They're like, oh my God, I didn't even know the kid was here. They were, they were behaved so well. I'm like, well, yeah, cause they're used to it. Like this is just yeah. a normal Saturday for them. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> they're just That's used true. to flying. Um, uh, Sometimes I, I worry that they're used to like right. some of the upgrades and everything like that that I get at hotels because I, you know I have high status with a lot of different hotel chains, and so we generally get upgraded. And you know a lot of times it's suites or like a really nice room and everything. And I remember my son one time we went down to uh, one of the properties down in San Diego when we lived in California, and we went in there and yeah. it was just a, a standard room. He walked into the room. He's like, okay. "Dad, where's the couch?" 
<laughs> yeah. Because he's used to seeing yeah. a suite with like a couch and everything like that. So I'm like, okay, well, we need to, we need to, like, it's good to fly in business class and everything like that, but I'm going to have to fly you on, on Southwest. Hard on you. To kind of bring you back down the reality. Economy is the way it goes and everything Yeah, true. <laughs> everything oh, else. that's funny. And do you think from the trends that you're seeing, just your experience in travel, how COVID is changing things for the future? What, what could be your takeaways that you could share with us? What do you think will change? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously when we were recording this, you know, it just announced that Pfizer had come out with like a, mm. a really positive results on one of their, their vaccines. And so hopefully that's going to mean that we're going to start traveling soon. Right. And that we're going to be able to be able, be able to go out and see our friends and our family and, and a little bit more of the normal things. But we have to remember that there are uh, constraints within the systems. Right. And so even if you get a vaccine, you know, in 2021 or early 2021 doesn't mean that it's mm -hmm. spread throughout the throughout the world yet, right? And so, it's going to take a while before the the world is vaccinated, and it's we go back to like those those times where we had pre-COVID, where it's mm -hmm. easy to travel between countries, or even try easy to travel around the country, uh, our country in the U.S. And so, we're still going to have uh, you know some different choke points you know in the in the system for the next several years until kind of everything goes out and we're able to get this virus under control. And so that's going to be a problem um, because even though you're vaccinated, it doesn't mean mm -hmm. they're ready for you to come and travel to them. Uh, you know, there's that business travel is one of those things that, that the average consumer, we don't really notice. We know that business people travel. We know that they, you know, they're generally the ones that are sitting up front uh, in the plane and, and, you know, booking the five-star hotels and, and everything like that. But, now that we've been so accustomed to Zoom and web calls and, and everything like that, and for the most part, those people have proved to be almost as effective as, as if they were doing it in person. Because of that, I predict that corporate travel is really going to cut down. You know, Maybe like you know, before you were seeing your client once a month, you'd fly out to see him, shake hands, take him out to lunch and everything else, and then say, okay, goodbye. We'll you know, yeah. make sure you put in your orders next week. Those type of things, right? I think now it's going to be, hey, you know what? We've been doing Zoom Zoom calls. Instead of raising your prices, we're just going to cut back on our travel a little bit, you yeah. know, and we'll come see you once a quarter or once a or mm -hmm. once every six months, something like that. And so, with uh, business travel reduced in that in that capacity, we're no longer going to have those people sitting up at the front of the plane paying, you know, several hundred dollars, several thousand dollars for that ticket, and. Now the airlines are going to have to basically make right. up that revenue someplace because having so many business travelers paying last minute tickets, expensive tickets and everything like that reduced the prices mm -hmm. that they had to charge the rest of us. Mm -hmm. And without, without that revenue from them, our prices are going to have to go up. Hopefully because there's a lot more of us that are sitting in the economy that the price will be pretty marginal uh, for us. But it is something that's going to be uh, you know, something that's going to get figured out between us and the airlines as travelers and, and the airlines, as far as the pricing that we can accept, as well as the revenue that they need to be able to survive and, and continue to employ all those people and, and offer those flights mm -hmm. for us to be able to so travel. So your tricks and tips for points-based travel and things like that will be more important than ever, really. I, I believe so. Just because, um, you know, I, again, I'm frugal. I don't want to spend cash. I'd rather spend those miles and points. And <laughs> sometimes it feels like monopoly money, you know, cause yeah. you don't really know exactly what the value of it is. And, and sometimes they change it around on you and, 
um, I look at it as this way is um, if you're looking to start with miles and points or you have a little bit now and, and you're looking to try using them, the number one thing you can do is look at your accounts and say, okay, where do I have the, the, the biggest number of, of miles and points? I'm going to plan to use those points in the next year and say, okay, where can I travel? Like, where do I want to go? And let's see if those, that hotel or that, that airline flies there or that hotel has a location there and, and book those points. You know, sometimes it's hard for people to mm-hmm. make, just make that, that first step. But as soon as they do it, they'll realize, okay, it really wasn't that hard. Um, I will say it's, it's generally typically easier to book a hotel room with points than it is to book a flight just because, uh, flights generally have uh, right. a little bit more capacity controls than the hotels do as far as using those points. Um, but the sooner you can start, the better it is. And you can save, you know, again, maybe you're only saving a few hundred dollars or $500 or whatever. That could be a big, uh, a big step mm-hmm. towards being able to actually take that trip because, you know, I mean, if you're like most people, uh, even they don't have enough money for like saved up for a $500 emergency, right. let alone yeah. a $500 vacation. And they could be sitting on points you know, too, right? So, like I think there's a lot of people that have a points-based credit card and are that same reason, you know, it's either too confusing or they don't want to part with them. So they just kind of sit on top of them accumulating and, mm-hmm. and never really get around to using them. Yeah. And so assuming that you have some flexibility with your job or you, you or you can be able to book this far and ahead, don't wait till, you know, three or four months out before, before booking a trip. You're generally going to get the best availability when the window first opens at 11 months in advance, right? So right now it's November. So you can actually book flights all the way through October of uh, 2021 right now, uh, using your, whether you're using cash or your miles. So it's okay to book far in advance, keep that window open. And and then, you know, generally that like nine to 11 months is like a, a, a nice sweet spot as far as being able to book. And then sometimes in the last like 30 days, uh, the airlines will realize, whoa, wait a minute, we don't have enough people buying tickets. They will open up some award space okay. there as well. So sometimes you can catch some last minute deals. You know, um, I know a lot of airlines, they have like web specials, you know, American Airlines, Delta, United. They often have specials where they they basically realize that, like we just talked about, that those flights are, are running partially empty. We don't think that we're going to get enough paying customers with cash. And so let's offer some specials to try to entice people to, to use those, those airline miles okay. to be able to book a flight. So, you know, that's, a, that's what I'd recommend. Take a look at that. Um, one of my friends okay. who runs a website called Juicy Miles, uh, his name is Sanjay, uh, and he's actually going to be on a, a, on a panel with me uh, next week on, uh, for this conference called CarCon. And uh, they run this website called Juicy Miles. And you can literally put in the different programs that you have miles in and then say where you want to go from which destination to another destination. And it'll tell you from all the different programs that you have miles and points in oh, how much okay. that would cost. Uh, it, it costs yeah, a little bit for, the, the, for the subscription, <laughs> you know, but if, yeah. you're, if you're trying to book something, it's, it's a well worth, you know, that 10 or 20 bucks or whatever it mm-hmm. is. To and then actually to use them and, and put them to good use. Yeah. Well, if mm-hmm. people want to tune in or read more, let us know where to find you. Absolutely. So baldthoughts.com is where I do my trip reports. You do reviews of credit cards and miles of points and products. Uh, and then we travel there as my podcast. What I do is I interview people from all over the world to find out the best things to do in their city. 
Right now, there's a little bit over 120 different episodes from from all over the United States, all over the world, big cities and small cities. Uh, it's on all the different uh, podcast platforms, or you can go to wetravelthere.com to see that. If you're interested in talking to me, uh, being on my podcast or anything else, uh, reach out to me on on generally on Twitter at, at Bald Thoughts or at We Travel There. Thanks for tuning in to see the world differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.